Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. You think that God would take everything is because that you haven't given it to Him. I believe that it's the safest place to put it is in the hands of God. Surrender whatever belongs to you, surrender whatever you have and give it to God. It's the safest place anyways. I delight, I take pleasure in bending to do your will, whatever it costs me. This is what was spoken of with Jesus. Now, so this in essence is what happens. The Father sends the Son, and then the Son comes to earth, uh, conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit somehow overshadowed Mary, a human being, And then she became pregnant with a son that had no father, no physical father, but a spiritual one, which was the father of heaven, Elohim. The spiritual father now brought conception by way of the Holy Spirit into Mary, and here comes the son. So you look at this. The father sends the son, and the son is conceived by the Holy Spirit, and the son now comes and walks around, and the Holy Spirit rests upon him. Now, there's another word for rests here, or rides. The Holy Spirit rides, or rests, or both of them. He rides upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit has descended upon Jesus in the river of Jordan when he was baptized, and then he rests upon him, or he rides with him. In other words, wherever he goes, where Jesus went, the Holy Spirit went. Now that's the same Holy Spirit that also longs to rest upon us and ride with us. And when he rides with us, he gives us guidance. He gives us comfort. He gives us strength. He gives us joy. The Holy Spirit longs, and in, in a sense that maybe we understand it, he longs to sit on our shoulders and ride with us. That's in the way that we understand it. The Bible says the Spirit of God came upon Jesus in the river, meaning that he came upon him. Whether he's in a position to sit upon, I I can't say that. I think that's too much humanity or reasoning to even say that. But somehow we need to get the picture right. And what happens is when you walk to places where the Holy Spirit will not go, do you think he'll jump off and he'll not go with you? Or do you grieve him? Or what is the things that we do to make the Holy Spirit pull back from where we go? I believe this separation at times when the Holy Spirit is not pleased with things that we do, that I do in my life, is the times when he gets grieved and he gets quenched. And as a result of that, the joy and the gladness leaves my heart. We have to remember this that God longs to be served with gladness of heart. Gladness of heart. Look at this heavenly flow. The Father sends the Son. The Son is conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit rests upon Jesus throughout His life. I read the account. I get little updates of new discoveries that they find and new writings that they find over in the land of Israel. And once in a while, uh, it's almost a weekly update that I get of new things that they found. Sometimes some script, some books, some things that they found. And there was just this past week numerous things again that were just found. 
But one of the things that was found that I received notice of here in the last year was that uh, it is said in a script that they found that Jesus, before he went to the cross in the evening in Gethsemane, that he was there together with his disciples, as the Bible says. He was there with his disciples in the Gethsemane, which is on the Mount of Olives. A Gethsemane is simply a wine press. It's not a location, it's a wine press. There's a lot of Gethsemanes. That's the way they call them. We call them wine presses, they call them Gethsemanes. Jesus was in a Gethsemane, and we were, I was in one that they expect is probably the very one that Jesus would have been in because it was, they found some script that the disciples were in that Gethsemane. Well, the night before Jesus went to the cross, it says that in this script that they found, very interesting, listen to it. They found that in this script that Jesus came with a very heavy heart into the Gethsemane that evening, and he requested that they sing a song. And they sang a song because his heart was very heavy. So he, he said, let's sing a song. And the disciples that were with him started singing a song, including Jesus. And this is what the script says. They went around in a circle and they danced before the Lord. This was the night of his betrayal. They danced before the Lord. Now, if you know anything about Israel and the times where I've been over there dancing, it's nothing unusual. In America, we have a lot of dancing. The problem is it's not in the church. It's in bars, it's a carnal dance. But here in this script, it would indicate that Jesus actually danced, that they were dancing as they were singing to the Lord before he went out then and was betrayed that night. It's just an interesting thing. He, you know what, you can't really dance before the Lord if you don't have gladness in your heart. You just can't, it's very difficult. It's interesting. Now I go on here, Hebrews chapter one, verse nine. Thou hast loved righteousness. The word righteousness is equity. I believe this is the key of gladness. Thou hast loved righteousness. The word righteousness translated here as equity. What is the word equity? Uh, you've, you've heard of me saying about the intrinsic value. It's what you are on the inside. We can put on all kinds of a face or facade on our lives to make people think that we are really happy, but when in our heart only God knows and we know ourselves if we are. Or God knows exactly who we are when we pull away everything that we put onto ourselves and the equity that is in us is the exact thing that comes through and it'll stand in the fire. Even if it's tried in the fire, it'll stand. It'll become the final little thing that is in there. That's equity. Here it says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, Thou hast loved righteousness, or equity, and hated iniquity. The word iniquity here translates, the original word doesn't say iniquity, it says illegality. You hate illegality. When things are not legally done, you hate that. Jesus, it's describing Jesus. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated illegality. Therefore God, even thy God, has anointed thee with oil of gladness above thy fellows. One thing that we notice then in the life of Jesus, he hated the double life. He could not stand the Pharisees that had everything looking right, but on the inside they were missing who they were on the outside. And because Jesus being who he is, 
And it was told in Isaiah that he will not look by what he sees, nor will he go by what he hears. He has to concentrate on one thing, and that is who they really are. And this is why he had so much problems with the Pharisees, because they pretended to be one thing, but they were not that. And so Jesus ran into it all the time with him, had tremendous amount of problems with it. <coughs> Excuse me, Psalms 100, verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Serve the Lord with gladness. How are we to serve God? With gladness. Gladness. It's not based on such circumstances. It's not based on situations. It's based on a request. God wants to be served with gladness. He wants gladness to come and radiate out of the hearts of his children. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. It's a flowing aroma. Why? Why do you think God is requesting this? This is in the Old Testament, David speaking, even into the New Testament. That God is to be served with a glad heart, with gladness of heart. Because it creates an aroma. It creates a spiritual sense around a person. That affects, that gives off life and light and truth. And it's part of holiness. God wants his people to bear one vessel. Clearly, and that's the vessel of gladness. Gladness. I'm glad for your salvation. I'm glad to be in the house of God. I am glad for what you have done in my life. I'm glad for the forgiveness of sins. I'm glad that the full provision has been made. I'm glad that I do not have to go and sacrifice a lamb because the lamb was slain. It's a constant attentiveness at the altar in a spiritual sense of what gladness is. He wants his children to be overflowing with gladness, bending at the will of God, constantly bending at the will of God and doing it in a delightful way, not in a way of drudgery. Do I have to do this again? No, but in a delightful way, in a bending way, in a, in a soft way. Another description was softness. In Psalms chapter 45, verse 7, Thou lovest righteous, righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, because you love righteousness or equity, and you hate wickedness because of that reason, and let me challenge this today in our lives. Let's just for a moment wait a little bit before I go on in that verse. Thou lovest righteousness, speaking about Jesus and also the children of God. They love righteousness and they hate wickedness. Is that what comes out of our life? Is that our life? Therefore, because that we hate or we love righteousness and we hate wickedness because of this, it says, therefore God, thy God hath anointed thee with oil of gladness above thy fellows. The anointing of an oil of gladness that comes down upon God's children because they love righteousness they like and they love equity. Don't speak those words of fallacy to me when that's not who you are. This is what he's saying. And the love of being who God made you on the inside and not putting on pretense and hate is wickedness. And then look at the next verse. 
I have to read verse 7 first again to read verse 8. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with oil of gladness above thy fellows. Verse 8. All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palace whereby they have made thee glad. The sense of excellence and the sense of God's presence, the sense of myrrh, and I could take a whole uh, rabbit trail on the word myrrh. Look what was brought to Jesus at his birth. They brought him all this even in a literal sense. But it says here, because of loving righteousness, the real thing, I'm not looking at all the other stuff. I want to know who are you? Concentrating on that which is within our heart. That's who I really am, regardless of how I comb my hair. The concentration is God's refining power and God's refining fire in my own heart, in my own personal life. This is loving righteousness. It's not in trying to convince other people how right we are. It's in being right. It's a difference. Some people, in especially in a religious sense, will never really come to this place of desiring his righteousness within, but just appearing right. You see, when we only appear right, we will not have this anointing. This anointing comes because of loving righteousness and hating wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God has anointed thee with oil, above, uh, with oil of gladness above thy fellows. All thy garments smell of myrrh. And aloes, aloes is something that was used in a time to bring healing. When you smell this around a person, you know there's a healing something about him. You know perhaps that you could sit down and talk with this person and you would... Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.